Welcome to the post-cancel culture world. We're cancel culture. We've been working hard at canceling things for quite a while now. And well, <laughs> we finally canceled culture. That was the last thing left for us at cancel culture to cancel. There's no more culture of any kind anywhere in society. We've canceled it all. So we, we're finally done now. That took a while. I mean, a lot longer than I thought, but we finally got rid of everything that we think is offensive, which turned out to be everything. You see, it all began when we were just a startup and we noticed something. Sometimes people get offended and their feelings get hurt. So instead of empowering people to be self-responsible adults so they can deal with their own feelings like a grown-up, we had an idea. What if we could cancel just one thing that we find offensive? So we did that. And then we had another idea. What if we canceled something else? And then things kind of snowballed from there. Really, when we started examining all the nuances in society, looking for the offensive things that we were trying to find, shocker, we found them. In fact, in every place we looked. So then our ability to innovate in our field led us to canceling all things in society. We think we've made society a much better place by erasing all culture from it. All those things getting people's feathers ruffled? There's no more culture to do it anymore because we canceled it all. Isn't this great? <clears throat> Excuse me? Ruffled feathers? I thought we canceled bird appropriation. Oh, that's right. We did. My apologies. Well, now that we've cleansed society of everything that could possibly challenge you in some way, it's finally safe to be happy. But there is just one small downside, and it's tiny, I mean, barely noticeable, really, and that's that there's nothing to be happy about anymore because we've canceled everything in society that inspires happiness and joy. But I mean, you could imagine what it'd be like to be happy now if there was something to be happy about because I mean, we've done such a good job of canceling all things in culture, like music. Some people don't know how to sing. Sports. They weren't inclusive to the unathletic community. Giving birth. Offensive to dead people. Culinary arts. It was just privilege in the face of hungry people. Medical care. It was offensive to people who don't have a disease. Marriage. Uninclusive to single people. Art. Offensive to people who only take things literally. Religion. Oppressive to communism. Exercise. Trying to get in better shape than you used to be is offensive to your past self. Families. They're hateful toward lonely people. Books. Uninclusive to the literate community. Illiteracy. Uninclusive to people who can read. And we canceled freedom. It was very insensitive to people with a lot of limited beliefs. There's absolutely nothing to enjoy anymore. But because there's nothing, you can just enjoy nothing. Things are pretty plain now, as you can see, because we've neutralized everything. Really neutered society, I guess you could say. We're sterile now. And there's no adversity you need to worry about anymore that can make you stronger. <laughs> there's no adversity. Because we killed it all with cancel culture. It's kind of like in farming. If someone comes in and starts monocropping the land hard for years without proper soil husbandry, then the soil dies and nothing can grow. That's what we've done with society because we know what we're doing. In our post-cancel culture world, you can do exciting things like stare neutrally out into the horizon. <laughs> Actually, staring was canceled, along with utilizing any sort of vision as it's insensitive to blind people. Oh, that's right. Well, so you can do things like close your eyes and sit there. You can be entertained by boredom, and you can also constrict your true nature out of fear so it never sees the light of day. So things are better now. I mean, just take a look around. This is great. You should be proud of what you helped create. Um, actually, they're not allowed to be proud. We canceled pride as it's sort of a privileged emotion. 
and not all people choose to accomplish things they're proud of. Got it. Forgot about that one. So you shouldn't be proud, obviously, but you should know you helped create this. We at Cancel Culture have destroyed humanity in order to save it. And we think we've been successful at it. Actually, you can't say successful. We canceled that. It's considered to be aggressive towards people who failed. Correction. We think we've been at it, but we still have work to do until we can get humanity to regress all the way back to being single-celled organisms there's going to be the threat of offensive things coming back. So please do your part by restricting anything that feels like strength within you. That way we can all be safe and happy. Can't be happy. We canceled it on the grounds that it is a microaggression towards depressed people. Well, I know I didn't mean be happy. I just meant it is a figure of speech. Uh, we canceled speech as well. So figures of speech are not welcome in our post-cancel culture world. Well, we have a lot to celebrate. We did it, guys. But, uh, I mean, we did it, people. So, you are just gonna assume there are no animals watching this? Ah, we canceled animals. That's right, we did, didn't we? Plant-based meat alternatives felt the animals were mocking them. That's right. Things are better now. From all of us here at Cancel Culture, you're welcome. How's everybody doing tonight? Glad you're on. Got lots of people watching. Just to remind everybody I am back, at least for now, on YouTube. Just got back from a 24-hour ban off of Facebook. Got back on this morning at 10 a.m. because I put out a satirical video that Biden had cured COVID. All I did was play videos that are common source of knowledge, so I have no idea why we got banned, but we did. Our YouTube was put right back up because my right-hand man here on the podcast sent YouTube a letter telling them, you know what, put us back on. You're going to face some legal litigation. We're sick of it. I will bust off tens of thousands of dollars to sue these people. I have had it done with these people. Absolutely finished. And they may not care about some pastor down in Inglewood, Florida, suing them but we will sue their rear ends facebook i will sue your rear end i will sue youtube because there are far worse videos up on the left than there are from tom life from the tom lively podcast and it's as simple as that when they took me down off of youtube for spam and violent content and whatever else they took me down for putting out false information. There is, I mean, there is literally four years worth of the Russia hoax narrative all over, all over YouTube, all over Facebook, and they take me down. What happened with the Russian hoax narrative? It was proven to be a bullface lie. There is literally, I mean, thousands and thousands of hours of that hoax is up, and they take people like me down. And that is why. And that that video evidence is there for everybody to see. Be perfect for a lawsuit. They're discriminating against my First Amendment rights to talk. In my opinion, Facebook and YouTube are all utilities anyway. It is time for us to deal with them the way that they deal with us, which is absolutely no holds barred. And I will do that. That is my pledge to you. I will do that. We will seek legal counsel. 
if we are taken down in an unjustifiable way, which we've never been taken down in a justifiable way before. Not yet. Absolutely ridiculous. So spread the word. We are back up on YouTube, at least for now. They rescinded it. They said they were wrong, which they were, both the strike that they gave us and then taking us down. We were taken down until April. For April. For, was that the, Aaron, was that, which video was that? Yeah, yeah. Was that Matt Gates talking and breaking through the? No, that wasn't even that. That was a whole podcast. Oh, okay. I don't even know what it was. Ta- yeah, it was, they said it was spam and a litany of other things, which it absolutely wasn't. It was just a bunch of video clips. You guys know what's on this show. So anyway, we're back on. Spread the word. All right, starting right off here, Bernard B. Carrick, video. Here's our president. Play it for me. We expect these additional 200 million doses to be delivered this summer. And some of it will come as early, begin to come in early summer, but by the, mid, by the midsummer that this vaccine will be there. And the order, and, and, and that increases the total vaccine order in the United States by 50%, from 400 million order to 600 million. This is enough vaccine to fully vaccinate 300 Americans by end of the summer, the beginning of the fall. But we want to make, look, that's, I want to repeat, it'll be enough to fully vaccinate 300 Americans. (laughs) There he is. That's the elect. I won't call him president, but that's the elected president of the United States right there saying, who knows what, really? Who knows what? All right, Rodney Howard Brown tweet. Oh, we don't have it. Oh, video. How about video? We, we again, Facebook monkeyed around so much with my material. I have some missing items. All right, play that video for me. Yeah, this is the one. Turn it up real loud. There you go. I hit it a couple times. Isn't that, isn't that how you conduct your life? You don't know what you're signing. You just sign it anyway. Hey, don't worry, though. He's just the president of the United States. No problem whatsoever. All right, John Cordillo tweet. Ambo Robinson completely stumps Jen Psaki. Does she go by Psaki or Saki? Is it, is it Jen Psaki? Yeah. When she asks about Biden allowing China into our power grid, play it for me. Hi. And then we'll come to you, sir. Go ahead. Thanks, Jed. Um, in an executive order that the president signed last week, he also suspended a Trump administration executive order that was particularly aimed at keeping foreign countries, specifically China, from interfering in the U.S. power grid. But he suspended that for 90 days in that executive order last week. Given what you said about China today, Why did he do that, especially related to something so critical to our national security as the power grid? I'll have to. I think the president's view on on our relationship with China, I I, uh, tried to do my best to convey to all of you. I'll have to check on that specific piece and we'll we'll circle back with you directly. Well, there was a good answer for you. Hey, why did uh, President Biden allow China back in to our power grid? Oh, no, no big deal. It's just refrigeration and hospitals and 
air conditioning, refrigerating, medicines. and But, you know, China's back involved with our power grid, which, I mean, ex- explain to me why you would ever allow China to have any influence whatsoever, any investment whatsoever in our power grid. I mean, listen, I love Donald Trump, but you don't have to be a genius to pull our number one strategic enemy out of being able to infiltrate our power grid or influence our power grid or have any investment in our power grid. But luckily, Joe Biden is back in office. And because possibly his son took, well, not it's not that his son possibly took it, but this could possibly be why he's being influenced by it, is that Hunter Biden got $1.5 billion from the CCP. All right, C-SPAN tweet, President Biden, let me be clear, and I know this always comes up, we are not going to ban fracking. Play it for me. Executive order also directs the Secretary of the Interior to stop issuing new oil and gas leases on public lands and in offshore waters wherever possible. We're going to review and reset the oil and gas leasing program. All right, back to me. Now, what does that mean? All right, Aaron, put up that next picture for me right there. Biden administration, yes, we're following through with a fracking ban from Katie Pavlik. There you go. And what that video was very hard to hear. I didn't realize the volume was so low. It's hard to tell until you actually play it. But what he says, we're not renewing any leases on federal land for energy purposes, which includes fracking. So fracking has been banned. You know what they call that? Facts. All right, Zero Hedge tweet. Here he is again. I am not banning fracking. Let me say that again. I am not banning fracking no matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me. (laughs) So every time Donald Trump said that he was banning fracking, uh, he wasn't lying. He was telling the truth. All right. Tommy Pickett tweet, Joe Biden's energy secretary nominee, Jennifer Granholm, whenever you see these people, you know who they are, I guess, admitted that there are jobs that might be sacrificed when Biden's federal lands, when when Biden, uh, I just doesn't make sense, with Biden's federal lands fracking ban. There we go. Play it for me. Yeah, a long-term ban on oil gas leasing is going to cost about 62,000 uh, jobs in New Mexico. And we have the senator from New Mexico here, about 33,000 jobs in Wyoming, 18,000 jobs in Colorado. Uh, a long-term ban is going to cut revenues to New Mexico and Wyoming by hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, which these states uh, use for K-2 public education, other essential services. I'm just curious how a long-term ban consistent with the president's goal of unifying our country and putting Americans back to work and helping our economies uh, grow. Uh, how is that all consistent? I think the president's plan of building back better, which would create more jobs in energy, clean energy, uh, than the jobs that might be sacrificed. But I will say this, no job. We don't want to see any jobs sacrificed. And that's why this, when you opened up your remarks, sir, your um, your remarks about technology were so important. This is why um, reducing GHG emissions is so important on, in the fossil fuel arena. The, the moratorium on public lands, I know for those states that have these jobs in abundance, this is something we're going to have to work on together to ensure that people are, remain employed. But I will say that the licenses that um, currently are operating are not going to be disrupted. They will continue to operate. And the oil and gas industry 
Uh, in particular, they've got um, 10,000 licenses that they have and that will not be disrupted that they can continue to permit. I can bring it back to me. Hey, Aaron, cue that up from the very beginning. I want to get that job count again. Play that for me at the very beginning of the video. You know, a long-term ban on oil gas leasing is going to cost about 62,000 uh, jobs in New Mexico. And we have the senator from New Mexico here, about 33,000 jobs in Wyoming, 18,000 jobs in Colorado. A long-term ban is going to cut revenues to New Mexico and Wyoming by hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, which these states uh, use for K-2 public education, other essential services. I'm just curious how a long-term right, ban... Bring it back to me. All right, so let's get those numbers down. She's saying there that, don't worry, these leases are all going to still be in place, right? Well, explain to me why there's 62,000 jobs that have just been lost in New Mexico. They're going to be lost in New Mexico. 33,000 jobs lost in, West, in Wyoming. These are jobs that are not lost yet, but are about to be lost. 18,000 in Colorado. Hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue Gone. She says, though, that don't worry, Biden's building back better plan will just fix all of that magic. I want you to know, did you notice the specifics in that statement? You know, you know, the congressman was very specific. 62,000 jobs lost, 33,000 jobs lost, 18,000 jobs lost, 100 millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue gone. But in the answer to the new energy secretary, her answer is Biden's Build Back Better, the quadruple B, Biden's Building Back Better plan will just magically fix all of that. She says the job, we don't want to see any jobs uh, lost, even though they are. They just lost 70,000 on his first day. No problem whatsoever. But don't worry because they're going to be working on it together. So all the guys that just lost their jobs on the Keystone XL pipeline. Don't worry. Don't even worry. Not for a second because you have got Jenny Granholm and Biden's Building Back Better plan working on your behalf. So when you don't make your mortgage payment and you're moving your kids into the YMCA, do not worry because you got the Building Back Better plan. Who knows what on earth that actually means, but you've got it working on your behalf. You're welcome. There we go. All right, Tom Cotton tweet. Oh, yeah, throw that up there. There you go. Thank you, Aaron. All over the world. Here we go. I wish I, yeah, the Canada's got the same thing, building back better. Of course, Biden stole it from the UN or Canada or somebody. I wish I'd actually see more of that. You got any, what is that, is that Boris up there? Yeah. Up top left-hand quarters, Boris Yeltsin, uh, not Yeltsin, I always do that. Boris Johnson from England, uh, from England build, uh, build Back Better. They also say that with the WTF, with the Great Reset, it's all Build Back Better. It is all about globalism. Everybody says it. Every Build Back Greener, Build Back Better, they're all saying the same thing because they're all part of the exact same cult. Here's a John Kerry video. Who flies? Tom Cotton, Senator Tom Cotton writes, John Kerry who flies in private jets, owned a 76-foot yacht, and several mansions, has the uh, carbon footprint of a small nation. <laughs> Yet he tells energy workers to make solar panels when Biden administration kills their jobs. And he does. He says that here, and we'll talk about it in a second. Play the video for me. Watching you both right now, who will hear the message, that, that the takeaway to them is that they are seeing an end to their livelihoods. Uh, what, what do you say to them, particularly those people 
who who President Trump struck a chord with on the campaign trail when he promised to save their jobs. What is your message to them right now? And also to the oil industry executives who are listening, are you putting them on notice today? Well, we didn't come here to put anybody on notice except to the seriousness of uh, President Biden's intent to uh, do what needs to be done to deal with this crisis, and it is a crisis. Um, with respect to uh, those workers, no, no two people are more uh, in this world more to bring back about to it, and the president. Don't worry now. In regards to those workers, 70,000 who on January 21st lost their jobs, <laughs> don't worry. Here's the solution for you. Play it for me. In this room, I'm more concerned about it. And the president of the United States concerned about has it. expressed in every comment he has made about uh, climate the need to uh, grow the new jobs that pay better, that are cleaner. That I mean, you know, you look at the consequences of black lung for a miner, for instance, and measure that against the fastest growing no job in the United States before no, COVID was solar power technician. The same people can do those jobs. But the choice of doing the solar power one now is a better choice. Certainly available, Johnny. Uh, you have uh, the second fastest growing job pre-COVID was wind turbine technician. <laughs> this is happening. 75%, 70% of all the electricity that's come online in the United States in the last few years came from renewables. Not, you know, coal plants have been closing over the last 20 years. Right, so, you bring it back to me. So here's your thing. If you just lost your job, and there's hundreds of thousands of jobs just about to be lost, don't worry, because somewhere in the future, the ambiguous future, there will be solar jobs, and he, he calls them what? Solar techs? Turbine techs? You, somewhere. That, now, that doesn't mean that because you were on the XL working to construct or work the XL pipeline that you just lost your job, and they automatically offered you a job that now takes the place of that job. That did not happen. Those people are basically jobless and many of them about to be homeless because of Joe Biden and allegedly the man of the people, old Scranton Joe, lost their jobs. You know, funny thing about John Kerry too is that he has a house, one of his many mansions on Nantucket. Well, there was a wind farm that was supposed to be constructed. Was it constructed or was it? It was actually constructed and he demanded to be taken down. Yeah, there's a wind there's a wind farm that was supposed to be constructed, you know, for because he really cares about the economy. I mean, he cares about the environment, right? Well, they were going to build a wind farm right off of Nantucket, probably to to provide all the power to the rich aristocrats who so much care about you know the rising sea levels and global global climate change, right? They were they were all global warming, so they're going to build a warm wind farm, you know, to the credit of all these people. Well, John Kerry put it down, but he, he, he shut it down because he didn't want to look at it. I, I don't think, was it, I don't even think it's because, yeah, leave that up, I want to read that. I don't think it was because he was worried about the birds running into it. I think it's because old Johnny didn't want to look at it. They always love all of these things until it applies to them. He has the biggest carbon footprint of any room he walks into with his mansions and his yachts and his airplanes. Does he really care about burning carbon carbon fuels? Does he really care about burning fossil fuels? They just put up my staff just put up for me average pay for a solar panel installer. Ready? $14 an hour 
oil rig worker that all just lost their jobs is $36 an hour, two and a half times the jobs that they are offering as replacements. That is your 2021 Democratic Party. Carbon footprint for his private jet, John Kerry's, is 40 times more than a standard commercial flight. These are the people leading us, leading the way to save us all from climate change and global warming. You know what I say? Same thing I said to him about COVID. No, thank you to all of your suggestions and all of your laws and all of your mandates. Because again, as they use COVID to get Biden into the White House, they're using COVID to bring in their global climate change mitigations that will apply to everybody but the global elites themselves. All right, Rob Schmidt, Rob Schmidt on Newsmax slays pompous idiot. They put this in their title. John Kerry on New, in Newsmax. Play it for me. Nice things. They have no clue. Just remember, John Kerry negotiated the Iran nuclear deal, arguably the most embarrassing document this nation ever signed. It released billions of dollars to the Iranian regime, which then they used to finance terrorism all throughout the region and barely made a dent in Iran's ability to develop a nuclear weapon. There's John. Kerry is the one who famously, famously said this about dealing with the Middle East as well. There will be no separate peace between Israel and the Arab world. I want to make that very clear to all of you. I've heard several prominent politicians in Israel sometimes saying, well, the Arab world's in a different place now. We just have to reach out to them and we can work some things with the Arab world and we'll deal with the Palestinians. No, 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 and no. <laughs> Four no's. Four no's, and he was completely wrong. A few months ago, the Trump administration proved just how incredibly wrong Kerry was on all of the Middle East by doing just that. The guy was the Secretary of State. He had no clue. <laughs> the U.S. went around the Palestinians, and they signed all those deals with the Arab countries. It worked like a charm. No, 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 no. Imagine being in politics as long as John Kerry and having absolutely no idea what you're doing, having absolutely no good instincts. And yet you keep getting jobs. Welcome to government. Sadly, President Biden doesn't fare much better. We all remember former Defense Secretary Robert Gates saying that Biden has been wrong on every major foreign policy decision he has been faced with. <laughs> you can fact check Gates' statement there. He's right. But because it's Washington, because it's government, Biden and John Kerry, they still get to work. And they're going to save us from climate change now. These two. The U.S. Post Office of Washington Politics. Maybe we need to find a FedEx. All right, for more on all this, we are joined. All right, bring it back to me. <laughs> Absolutely. And I want to say, you know, Joe, B I mean, you, did, you ever, ever understand what an arrogant little piece of garbage John Kerry is? He stares down and goes, oh, I'm John, John Kerry. A little arrogant dude. I mean, he is such a little arrogant man. And remember, his four, no, 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 no. Well, we can now count those no's were as many peace accords as Trump got accomplished in the Arab world. Trump got four peace accords, peace treaties signed, sealed, delivered in a year, in one year. This clown has been in office and has held public office for decades. Trump got four deals done in a year. That's what clowns these people are. 
I love what Rob Schmidt says. They are the postal workers of Washington. And please send us FedEx. Now, here's the thing I want you to get. This is all part of a larger plan. Uh, uh, you know, what, what Kerry's title is, is Climate Change Special Envoy to the President. That's his title. It's all about us coming into compliance with the global elite standards on climate, on climate change. This is all about controlling you. Please wake up, you mask-wearing clowns. Please wake up and understand it is not about a virus. It is about control. Climate change is the same thing. It is about control. Just like I said with COVID, where are all the deaths? Tom, there's 400,000 deaths. No, there's not. There's not 400,000 deaths because we didn't have a 400,000 death count rise from 2019 to 2020. What they are are reattributions of death, people dying with COVID, not of COVID, people not even being tested as, as being with COVID, as having COVID, that are still being counted as COVID deaths over and over and over again. That's why our excess death count is the exact same as it was in 2019. And they do the same thing with climate change. They're saying, this is the number one existential threat to humanity and to the United States. Where? How? Explain it to Where? Where is it? Just like the COVID thing. Where? Where? Where's the body trucks? Where are they? Where, where are all the bodies? They said there's going to be bodies in the streets, right? Where? I haven't seen any. Where are they at? And they're using climate change, to, using the exact same lie. Giant threat to all of humanity. These are the people that butcher 60 million babies a year in the womb. About 1.5 million people have died of COVID, allegedly. And that's very allegedly. It's actually not true. But 1.5 of COVID and 60 million a year, and these people want to tell us about lives and saving lives? This is all, climate change is all about the same lie. This is a huge threat to you. So make sure that you cave. Make sure that you give in. But it's really all about the Great Reset. Play for me. I spoke a couple of weeks ago here about the disturbing trend among many of the world's left-wing elites to increasingly conflate COVID-19 with climate change, with many going so far as to suggest that all the measures applied to the coronavirus, the lockdowns, the destruction of businesses, the suppression of dissent, curfews, strong-arm police tactics, should become the new normal for dealing with climate change. And indeed, that is precisely what the next World Economic Forum is planning to do, to convince governments, with the help of big business and big tech, to bring about something deeply, deeply sinister called the Great Reset. The what? Precisely, it sounds kind of crazy enough, but it is a program designed to strip us of all our fundamental democratic rights in favour of a new form of society as dictated by the elites. First of all, here's a bit of the official promo ad for The Great Reset.
I'll reset. What could be simpler? World Economic Forum in January 21, which will serve as a global summit devoted to the Great Reset. This summit will bring the decision makers physically to Davos, but it will be interconnected with a virtual twin summit driven by the young generation, our global shapers. They will integrate over 400 hubs into the dialogue of Davos and ensure that the Global Reset Initiative is really forward-looking and takes into account the voices of all who are left behind. Now, put aside for the moment that that bloke looks like he's auditioning for the head of Smirsch in the next James Bond movie, he is in fact Klaus Schwab, the founder and head of the World Economic Forum. He is a total whack job, in my opinion, and I'll get into that in a second. He's a big fan of drones, algorithms and the Chinese Communist Party, and he believes there's a fourth industrial revolution underway that is changing what it means to be human. And he peddles this sicko fantasy that humans and machines will somehow merge in his green utopia, and along with him. Now is the historical moment, the time, not only to fight severe virus, but to shape the system. We have a unique but rapidly shrinking window of opportunity to learn lessons and reset ourselves on a more sustainable path. It is an opportunity we have never had before and may never have again. So we must use all the levers we have at our disposal, knowing that each and every one of us has a vital role to play. Now is the time to think what history would say about this crisis? What is it that would make it so that history would look at this crisis as the great opportunity for reset? The Great Reset is a welcome recognition that this human tragedy must be a wake-up call. It is imperative that we reimagine, rebuild, redesign, reinvigorate and rebalance our world. Rebalancing investment, harnessing science and technology, and advancing the transition to net zero emissions, all elements of the Great Reset, are fundamental to building the future we need. Ah, yes, net zero emissions, the great climate cult mantra. The Prince of Wales, the International Monetary Fund, the United Nations, all determined to redesign and reimagine the entire world. What it means to be human, how money works, how political will can be enforced. ...do with this freak show. After all, we are currently seeing in Victoria just what it looks like when all the levers at our disposal are being used to enforce the COVID-19 restrictions, which include curfews, lockdowns, enforced mask wearing, shutting down of businesses, making you stay within five kilometres of your own home, not visiting the dying rellos, and on and on. Remember, it's not me linking COVID to climate change. It is these lunatics, including Charles and the United Nations and the IMF, who want to replicate the global response to COVID and repurpose it for climate change to enforce zero net emissions. Just to remind you, this bloke Schwab... Yeah, you bring it back to me. So whenever you're seeing this climate change garbage... That's really what it's about. It is not about United States governance. It's not about popularism. It's about globalism. Remember that whenever you see it. From the Gateway Pundit, Biden walks away when asked about the sacrifices he's, 
he's asking American workers to make as he kills thousands of jobs, all for globalist climate change. References climate change agenda, Joe Biden walked away when a reporter asked him about the sacrifices he's asking American workers to make. Play it for me. Thank you all for your time. Sir, what sacrifices are you asking Americans to make? Now you can bring it back to me. And I just want you to notice the eeriness of it all with all the mass people. Every single time Joe Biden appears, he has a somebody that directs the press corps, yell, press corps yelling at them. All right, guys, that's enough. And then the man never sits and answers a question, ever. Don, when did Donald Trump not sit and answer a question? People thought he talked too much. I'd rather have that. And it's absolutely, I mean, to me, it's eerie. It should bother you. Mask wearers, especially mask wearing CCCs, COVID, caving Christians. It should bother you that that is where your country has sunk to, is the level you have Joe Biden as president because he was ushered in via your caving to COVID mitigations, to COVID laws, to COVID suggestions, to COVID tyranny. You caved, then they have to have specialized absentee mail-in balloting. That's the only reason why that clown show is our president right now. The only reason why is because the church caved and led the way. And it's just eerie to sit there and watch him in the White House, surrounded by Kamala Harris. Why is she always hovering right over his shoulders? So weird. Mass carries behind a mass, Fauci, and they all like stand at parade rest. What I mean, it is really, really George Orwell, 1984, weird. All right, Kevin Brady tweet. Update, killing more Texas jobs. Two days, two attacks on Texas energy jobs. After killing Keystone XL pipeline, Biden suspends new oil gas leasing on federal lands and water. If permanent, 100. These weren't even the ones I mentioned earlier. That was Wyoming and Colorado and one other state I can't remember. If permanent, 120,000 Texas jobs lost. That is your 2020 2021 Democratic Party. Kyle Becker video. Biden, this is, again, this is so weird. It is so weird. I don't even know. I don't know the words for it except Orwellian. It is so weird. Watch Biden in mid-sentence, in mid-press conference, start to mask up. And by the way, I just want to tell you, he's supposed to be masked up anyway. His own federal law now. His own EO, his own executive order says that you have to wear masks on all federal lands. I'll show you numerous videos tonight. I already did. Showed you one where he's not masked up. He's violating his own law. Well, what a surprise that is. I mean, we all know Democrats always follow their own dictates, right? Especially their COVID ones. Play it for me. Yeah, you want him in charge of the free world, right? Wait, wait, wait. I, I know he always asks me tough questions, and he always has an edge to them, but I like him anyway. So go ahead and answer, answer, ask the question. Thank you, Mr. President. Go ahead and answer the question. So you just said that you think within three weeks or so we'll be at the point where there are a million vaccines per day, but it seems like... No, I think we'll get there before that. I said, I hope, I misspoke. I hope we'll be able to increase as we go on until we get to the million five a day. That's my, my hope. 
And then my, the follow-up to that would be, uh, now that you're president and you're saying there is nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months, what happened to two months ago when you were talking declaratively about, I am going to shut down the virus? Well, I'm going to shut down the virus, but not, I never said I'd do it in two months. I said it took a long time to get here. It's going to take a long time to beat it. And so we have millions of people out there who are who have the virus. We're just for the first day, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I've been doing other things this morning, speaking with foreign leaders. But one of the things I think this is one of the first days that the numbers actually come down, the number of deaths and the number on a daily basis and the number of hospitalizations, et cetera. It's going to take time. It's going to take a heck of a lot of time. And right, we still have, zones coming as up Dr. Here. Fauci constantly points out, it's one thing when we have mass, how can I say it politely, mass disregard of the warnings about not wearing masks and wearing masks and, yeah. and, and social distancing and failure to social distance and Why put people it on getting now? together on holidays in ways that weren't recommended, Why put it on we now? See, first thing that happens is we see... <laughs> The, uh, the number of infections go up, then you see the hospitalizations go up, then you see the deaths go up. And so <laughs> we're, we're in this for a while. I mean, we're, what are we now? About 410,000 I mean, deaths. And there's going to be more. All right, you bring it back to me. Aaron, put that slide up that you, that you found for me. There you go, Luna. Pipeline construction has been a, a lifeline for many. Luna members across the country, the anticipated decision to cancel the Keystone Pipeline is not anticipated. It's already canceled. We'll kill thousands of good-paying union jobs. Now look at the bottom. Luna, together we helped push Joe Biden and Kamala Harris over the top. We helped elect many pro-union, pro-labor, pro-family candidates to office. First of all, let me just take issue with the last one. Pro-family? The, the ones who suck out babies out of out of women's wombs. And yeah, that's women. There's men, there's male and female. I, I will not give up that territory. The ones who kill one to two million babies a year inside the womb are pro-family, but that's beside the point. So you have Luna out there, which is a consortium of union workers that pushed through Biden-Harris why would you ever, if you are at all, if you put that back up there for me, Aaron, that slide, there you go. Why would you ever, if you are somebody that is tied to energy jobs in America, carbon energy jobs, why would you ever, ever push through or, or campaign for a Democratic candidate like Joe Biden? Why would you ever do that? And now you just lost, that's what's called buyer's remorse they are staring at hundreds 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 of thousands of jobs gone facts such i mean it is so sad that you can be that galactically ignorant it reminds me of all the people wearing their covid masks that you are so ignorant that you believe people when they just tell you to do something that has absolutely no basis in science Masks do absolutely nothing. That's why it doesn't surprise me that fossil fuel fuel unions would push Biden-Harris. What's the matter with you? Did you not hear that? I mean, they said it point point blank. We're going to end. We're going to phase it out. We're going to end fossil fuels. We're going to ban fracking. What's the matter with you? I mean, it truly, truly 
boggles my mind. All right, Lowen Bobert tweet. Joe Biden issued, don't worry though, everybody that lost your jobs. Here we go. Here's the solution. Joe Biden issued an executive order yesterday that would ban the use of the term China virus. It's not clear yet how this will help with the pandemic. (laughs) Oh, he... He banned the use out here. Right, I'm going to abide by right. China virus, China virus, Kung Fu, China virus. Eat it. Zero Hedge tweet. Biden starts staffing Supreme Court Reform Commission from the Politico. That's from a liberal source. And it says Biden has started to staff, staff Supreme Court Reform Commission. What does that mean? That means he's going to stack the courts. We have nine Supreme Court justices now. Who knows how many we have? Do they ever think to the future? I guess what they're planning on, and those of you who need to pull this up, I'll have it out for Saturday. But HR1, you need to look at it. What HR1 is, is basically Nancy Pelosi and Chucky Schumer are going to try to nationalize elections. Currently, elections are controlled by the states. Fraudulently in Georgia... Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada. However, they are controlled by the states, but that's not good enough. That They don't want just corruption in seven, six or seven states. They want corruption in every state. So they're trying to nationalize elections via, well, the rules, will, the new rules will be no voter ID, no, no even asking for an ID, no matching signatures, no proof of residency. <laughs> so basically... Anybody from anywhere at any time can vote in all elections. That's what they want. See, what they're hoping to do is stack the Supreme Court, say, with 15. They have nine right now, so it's a really 5-4 because I don't count Roberts as a true conservative. I don't really count any of them as conservatives, but for the sake of discussion, 5-4. So they simply, they add six more on there. So now it's uh, 10-4 or 10-5. So to be 10-5, Liberal. That's what they're. That's you know. That's what they're hoping to do, or add three more, whatever it is, to put them over the edge. They'll add as many as they possibly can. And what they're hoping is, is that happens, and then never, uh, no, <coughs> there's no Republican ever, ever wins another national race. You know, because senators that confirm Supreme Court justices. Remember, national races really, even though senators are voted for in the states. They are voted statewide. So if you have statewide corruption, i.e. Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, when you have statewide corruption, because remember, congressional seats are via district. That in the state, when, like when Marco Rubio comes back up and he needs to be primaried and defeated in the state of Florida by a true conservative that actually has a set. But anyway, they're actually voted for by the entire state. So if you have a corrupt Fulton County, i.e. Atlanta, remember the seven cities, Atlanta being one of them, the seven cities that ushered in Joe Biden, Atlanta being one of them, then you will never, if you have a corrupt city like that that's not abiding by campaign laws, you will never see another national, ele- nationally elected Republican ever. So if they can corrupt the elections, you'll never see another Republican senator elected. You'll see Republican congressmen elected, and that's how they'll keep the subdued, uneducated, low-information Republicans and Christians. Oh, see, you're getting some congressmen. Yeah, but great, you got the congressmen, which, you know, I'm not belittling the importance of the House. But you'll never see, right now, right now where we're at, 
You will never see another Republican president ever until Atlanta is fixed, Detroit's fixed, Philadelphia's fixed, Pittsburgh's fixed, Milwaukee's fixed, Phoenix is fixed, and Las Vegas is fixed. That's it. You will never see another Republican president. And you will never see a Republican senator ever elected again in those states unless those cities are fixed. Because those cities fix the campaigns, fix the elections. That's exactly what happened. Those seven cities are why we have to look at the dumbest man that has ever occupied the Oval Office in the history of America, currently occupying it. Unless that's fixed. And that's their plan. They want to make the states run like those cities. And thereby never ever seeing another Republican national win. Ever. That's what they're hoping for. And that way if they stack the courts, we can never fix them. All right, Noah Benjamin tweet. Who's the dictator now? Executive orders in the first three days. Now I want you to know that Biden has added 20 to that. He is currently at 39. I don't know how many. So one weekend, he's at 39 executive orders. So who exactly is the dictator? Trump, three days in, had one-nineteenth of what Biden has. But yet they run on, they call, isn't it, oh, you can bring it back to me, isn't it always funny how they call people like me, people like Trump, people on the right, they call us Hitler, and Hitler was on the left. Isn't it funny that they call me Hitler when I don't want to ban anybody, but I'm the one habitually now being banned. That Hitler was the one who burned the books, and it's the left right now in America that at minimum symbolically wants to burn the books and wants to change everything. Strange, isn't it? That we get, we're the ones and, you know, bringing it back to executive orders, executive fiat, no legislature, no Congress, no Senate, no nothing. Just, you know what, here's what I'm ordering. And in, in the first three days, Biden did 19 and allegedly the Hitler impersonator, Donald Trump, did one. Democrats, you are so, you're either purposely, you're evil, either absolutely evil or absolutely ignorant or absolutely stupid. Those are your three choices. That's it. That's all that you have because you are completely hypocritical in comparison to what you say and what you do. All right, Eddie Zipper tweet last night on Maddow, Senator Schumer suggested Biden do something. That in, 20, that in 2019, Schumer himself referred to as an outrageous power grab by a president who refuses to accept the constitutional separation of powers. Now, remember the video that I just showed you a minute ago referenced the Great Reset. Remember what this is truly all about. Play it for me. I think it might be a good idea for President Biden to call a climate emergency. Hmm. Why? Because there, he can, it relates to what you're saying then he can do many, many things under the emergency powers of the president that wouldn't have to go through, that he could do without legislation. Now, Trump used this emergency for a stupid wall, which wasn't an emergency. But if there ever was an emergency, climate is one. So I would suggest uh, that they explore looking at climate as an emergency, which would give them more flexibility. After all, it's a crisis. It's a crisis. Isn't it funny? He had basically hundreds of thousands of people a month going across our border, but 
uh, Chucky Schumer caused the wall construction stupid. It's, it's not an emergency that hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens are crossing our border. Who knows who they are? But that's the same way they want to run elections, right? Who knows who you are? Who knows what you've done? Who knows where you're from? Who knows where you live? Who knows what your date of birth is? Nothing. Nothing. They don't even know who they, where these people are from that cross the border. They don't know whether they're from Mexico. They don't know whether they're from Honduras. They don't know whether they're from Guatemala. They don't know whether they're from Saudi Arabia. They have no idea, but that's how the Democrats run things. And that right there is not an emergency where you actually can go down and watch the surveillance cameras and see by the hundreds of thousands per month, per year, crossing illegally into America. But that's not an emergency. But climate change is. Show me the video. Show me. I can show you where the wall was an emergency action. So show me the video of how climate change is an existential threat to the well-being of the United States of America. Show me now. You will not be able to because that evidence does not exist because it's not about climate change. It's not about COVID. It's about controlling humanity. Why would somebody want to control another person? I don't know. Don't try to rationally figure it out. No, they can't. Don't don't think because you don't think that way. It's not. Don't think that they don't. They do think that way. Don't think you you think. Man, that's kind of perverted. Wanting to control people. Yeah, but just because you're not a pervert doesn't mean Schumer and Biden and Harris and Pelosi and Klaus Schwab they are perverts. Ever looked into George Soros? He's a he's a Nazi collaborator. He's a perv, man. You're, everybody thinks perv is all sexual. It's not. It just means perverted. It means wrong thinking. It is almost to a sexual level, though. If you sit in there, you want to control people. It really is at a fetish level. You're a weird person if you want to control other people. You're just weird. For me, I just want people to leave me alone. All right, now here's the biggest story of the day. You're probably wondering when I was going to get to it. It's the whole GameStop thing from the stock market. And believe me, I am no stock market expert at all. I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to act like I am tonight, but we're going to get kind of to the bottom of it and just how corrupt this whole situation is. Now, Dinesh D'Souza, I, yeah, I don't know what it means. To sh- I mean, I kind of understand shorting stock. I get it. And then I understand it for like 10 minutes. And then I under, un- understand it again after that. But Dinesh D'Souza has a good explanation for it. Play it for me. From the beginning. Uh, in Wall Street, there is the idea and this has become established over decades, that Wall Street is the smart money, but the ordinary investor is the dumb money. Uh, The smart money knows what it's doing. The dumb guy just jumps in and most of the time kind of loses his or her shirt. So the Wall Street game is for the insiders to beat the outsiders. Uh, And for a long time, they were doing it, and they've been doing it until now. Now, there are a bunch of companies. Um, GameStop is one of them. It's a company that is, sells games and it's uh, in malls. And it's not been doing very well. It's one of those companies particularly hard hit by COVID. Here's another company in the same boat, AMC, the theater chain. Uh, I've had movies in a- AMC, uh, as in Regal and Cinemark. Uh, AMC is doing very badly, and it's partly because um, no one's going to the movies right now. And so these stocks have been losing value. And now what Wall Street does, uh, the big guys, the insiders, is when a stock is plummeting, 
they short it. And short it basically means they bet it's going to go down more. And they're hoping to make money on this correct prediction, on this downward traje trajectory. So you can make money if you predict correctly that stocks are going up, but you can also make money if you correct predict, correctly predict that they're going down. That's the meaning of shorting a stock. Now, a bunch of guys on social media, starting on Reddit and using primarily an app called Robinhood, decided, we hate these rich guys. Uh, we're going to teach them a lesson. We're going to bust them. And the way we're going to bust them is we're going to take these stocks in a downward trajectory, uh, like AMC and like GameStop, and we're going to start buying them. Uh, call us irrational, if you will, but we're going to drive the price up. And here's the key point. If somebody on Wall Street is betting, if some big hedge funds are betting, and they're betting billions of dollars that a stock is going to go down, and the stock, in fact, goes up, they lose a lot of money. In fact, in theory, they can lose an infinite amount of money. I won't, don't need to go into the details of how that occurs, but the simple truth of it is if they make an in erroneous bet on a plummeting stock, uh, they stand to be really, really drained. They will lose their shirts. And so what's happening is that a battle sort of erupted in which the Reddit guys and, and the Robinhood guys were buying up these, quote, useless stocks. And then Wall Street goes, we're going to teach these punks a lesson. Uh, we're going to short even more. And these guys are going to ultimately lose all their money because these stocks aren't intrinsically worth what they're, what they're bidding up the stock to be. But the Reddit guys decided, okay, you want to fight? Let's fight. And they began to put out the word on social media and more people jumped in. It became kind of a gathering snowball. And there's more of them than there are of the Wall Street guys, even though the Wall Street guys have more money. And so in this remarkable battle of a kind really not seen, uh, not only in the history of social media, but in the history of Wall Street, the Reddit guys began to win. And the rich guys began to panic because they were losing billions. In fact, the major hedge funds began to call other hedge funds to get loans, to get, to get infusions of funds to cover their gargantuan losses. Places like Melvin Capital, one of the most established firms on Wall Street, facing the prospect of being ruined by this. And so what do the big guys do? They do what they kind of do in these situations. They rush for government protection. They go to the SEC, help us block these rebel investors. Um, they go to Robinhood, the site. Now think of it, Robinhood was set up for the little guy to trade, for the little investor, and Robinhood stops trading, stops allowing people to buy um, GameStop, stops them being able to buy AMC and other similar stocks. Outrageous. Basically what happens is Robinhood has become the sheriff of Nottingham. Robin Hood is now betting with the system against the little guy. Now, let's look for a moment at the reasoning of the system. The reasoning of the system is these little guys are irrational. We need to protect them for their own good. They surely know that these stocks aren't worth what they're willing to pay for them. Uh, and so we've got to stop this irrational conduct right now. In the, uh, to protect the integrity of the system. This is crony capitalism at its finest, or I should say at its ugliest. Uh, back to me. We got to protect the integrity of the system. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? 
Not allowed to talk about voter fraud. You'll be banned off of everything in sight, and you'll be considered to be a lunatic and potentially have the FBI show up at your doorstep if you even talk about election fraud in any way, shape, or form because you're attacking our democracy. You're attacking the integrity of the system. There is no integrity in the system. Well, it's the same thing here. And just to make a long story short with this, basically, when a stock is going down, people can make money on it going down. That's called shorting a stock. You're actually not buying stock. You're actually getting a lot, a, a stock loan, and it's called a stock option. So you are betting on it going down and making money on it going down. Now, what happened was is you had these two companies, namely AMC and GameStop, going down. And all the billion-dollar hedge funds were buying stock options selling to sell short. So they were making money. They were going to make money and were probably making money on those stocks going down. Well, the, I like how Dinesh D'Souza frames it, the Reddit guys. <laughs> so all these thousands of people on Reddit says, you know what? We're going to actually game the system. We're going to buy tons and tons of stock and raise the stock value. Therefore, those that are gambling on it by shorting the stock on it going down and making billions on it going down are now losing billions, billions. When they built the stock back up, if your gamble was that it was going to go down because you can make money on stocks going up and you can make money on stocks going down if you short the stock. Well, now all the billion-dollar hedge funds said, you know what, okay, you're going to play this game, then we're going to short it even more. We're going to make it worse. And they said, you know what, we'll buy more. And there's a whole lot more Reddit guys Guys making 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70,000 dollars a year, a whole lot more of them than there are billionaires. And actually all together are worth more money. So they they basically shoved it up the caboose of the hedge fund billionaires and just rose the stock. And they're causing them the crash. And what did the hedge fund billionaires do? All of which support Joe Biden. They ran to the government. Put up the next uh, slide for me. Look at this, Robinhood Insider. I'm getting this via Jack Posobiec and a, another site called President Thews. Robinhood Insider information. Now, Robinhood, hey, back to me real quick. Real, everybody, I hope you understand. Robinhood was who was basically selling, buying. You would go to Robinhood and buy and sell your stock via Robinhood. That's how it was working. And what happened was Robinhood stopped buying and selling to the Reddit guys. No problem with the hedge fund guys, but the Reddit guys, no more buying and selling AMC or GameStop for you. They just stopped. Yeah, that sounds very familiar. Sounds like Google. Sounds like Apple. Sounds like YouTube. Sounds like uh, Facebook. Well, you know, just no more for you. You know, a parlor, you're on uh, Amazon AWS. You're on Amazon Web Services. You know what? No more for you. You're not allowed to play anymore. And they did the exact same thing. All right, put that slide up for me, Aaron. That's all right. There you go. Robinhood Insider Information. I work for Robinhood. Don't kill me. Low-level, technical S, comp sciences major, not finance side. Guess what we overheard today? Vladimir, yes, founder Vladimir, not Putin, and the C-suite received calls from Sequoia Capital and look at the next one, the White House that pressured into closing trading on GMs, GME, et cetera. 
I guarantee you the same took place at E-Trade and the others who closed trading. File reports on SEC page. If I wasn't scared to be out of work in a pandemic, I'd quit. I'm disgusted. We all need to rise up. This is this is as bad as it gets when we talk about how the rich get one set of rules and the rest of us get screwed over and over and over again, left to bail them out and pick up the tab for their trillion-dollar tax breaks. We need to pile pressure on every government and financial institution involved in this travesty of justice. I'm taking a massive career risk, even posting here, but F these MFers. There you go. That's the White House was calling, according to this person, the White House was calling Robin Hood and telling them, shut it down. And isn't it what the point that it makes is really great too. These people go billions and even trillions of dollars in debt. And then what happens? Remember the banks in 2007, 2008, 2009, all the banks went under? Who bailed them out? The United States Treasury bailed them out. We now are $27 trillion in debt. They're not, but the country is. Your children are. We are. We're all in debt because of these companies. And listen, you're like, Tom, I thought you were a capitalist. I am, but not a crony capitalist. It's like this. I thought, Tom, you you were for immigration. I am for legal immigration. I'm against illegal immigration. I am for legal capitalism, not illegal crony capitalism where you don't get what you want and you call your good buddy Biden and he bails you out. The White House was on the phone with Robin Hood on the phone with them. Why would the White House be on the phone with a stock trading outfit? Why? Why would that be? Explain that to me. This is from the Bongino Report. This is Charles Payne goes off on Wall Street elites in an epic on-air rant. Play it for me. Here's Charles Payne saying, so what's the, pro- what's the problem here? So a bunch of retail investors made money against a billionaire group of hedge fund guys. I'm not, listen, knocking it. It's free country. You want to get involved in a hedge fund? Go right ahead. But uh, upset because a bunch of hedge fund guys lost money because retail investors want to invest in a company. Now you're all upset? Check this out. First of all, all of this nonsense, all of this noise, all of this whining by Wall Street, it's making me sick. 140% of GameStop was short. I didn't hear one person on TV complaining about Wall Street trying to crush GameStop. 140% short. I told my subscribers, buy this stock, and they made a fortune. I also told them to buy Virgin Space, uh, Virgin. We took profits on that today. Fizz, that's up huge. Tangers is up huge. Neil, you can't allow Wall Street to short 75% of a stock, and nobody says anything, crush these companies into the dirt, and then when the individual investor makes money, everyone's up in arms. Oh, they're going to lose their shirt? Don't you think people are trading? If they traded 80 billion shares a day, people are ringing the register. I have a kid who bought a house. He he made $50,000 and bought a house. So, yes, some people are going to lose and some are going to win, but if if they want to change the rules of the game now, because the general public is making money after decades of the shorts crushing 
thousands of stocks into the dirt. I watched stocks being crushed completely to zero, uh, and no one ever whispered anything because those stocks didn't have Wall Street sponsorship. They were small names. Maybe they went public through a reverse takeover. Whatever it was, the shorts have had their way with the market for decades. No one's ever complained about it. So I am thrilled if you were going to try to destroy a company by shorting 140% of its stock, you have to accept the fact that individual investors are playing the same game that you're playing and now you're losing. So there it is, Charles Payne, lighting the world on fire with that one. He's absolutely right. Why is everybody so upset? Well, they're upset because the protection racket, big business and the Wall Street big guys have had forever, the protection racket they've had by donating to politicians and by ensuring that they use knowledge asymmetries to make money themselves broke down yesterday when a bunch of retail investors beat them at their own game. And now everybody's pissed off. <laughs> you bring it back to me. According to my, my man Aaron here, he's just looking into it. Tomorrow is really the big doomsday day, right, Aaron? So what's happened is they're trying to intervene on to get Robinhood not to sell, but Robinhood, I guess, has said they'll sell, but to limited capacity. I'm assuming to limit the losses that the hedge funds are going to take tomorrow when they have basically it's time to pay the band. So and while the hedge funds have been in contact with other hedge funds trying to borrow money already. So this is not good for them. And you know what I got to say? Good, you Democrat hacks. You got what you deserved. And I hope you didn't get bailed out. And all you Reddit guys, you are heroes, baby. You're probably a bunch of leftists yourselves, but I love you for today. All right, here we go. Uh, this just in tweet. Wall Street spent, hey, see what I, I wonder what this is all about, folks. Wall Street spent $74 million to back Joe Biden's run for president. Got that video ready for me? Here's the explanation for you. Play it for me. You have raised a lot of money, tremendous amounts of money. And every time you raise money, deals are made, Joe. I could raise so much more money as president and as somebody that knows most of those people. I could call the heads of Wall Street, the heads of every company in America. I would blow away every record, but I don't want to do that because it puts me in a bad position. And then you bring up Wall Street. You shouldn't be bringing up Wall Street because you're the one that takes the money from Wall Street, not me. The president came under criticism earlier this week for making a similar comment at an Arizona rally that he could simply call up the CEO of Exxon, hypothetically, and get money in exchange for deregulation. But to be sure where finance is concerned, the Center for Responsive Politics finds that for the first time in a decade, these deep-pocketed donors are flocking to Biden. Money affiliated with the securities and investment industry totaling $58 million for Biden, $14 million for Trump. Within that segment, the breakdown of party funding is roughly the same when it comes to hedge funds and private equity as well. Wall Street <laughs> resoundingly backed President Obama in 2008, but switched sides after the Dodd-Frank financial regulation was passed. And despite the influx helping Biden in this home stretch, progressive groups aligned with Senator Bernie Sanders have called on Biden to pledge to appoint zero Wall Street executives to his potential administration, Andrew. Not the last All right, back to me. So here we go. Most of the money from, she named it, hedge funds. <laughs> what are we talking about now? Uh, hedge funds, securities, and investment. Who's on the phone with Robinhood? Today or yesterday, who was on the phone with Robinhood? Like President Trump said, the true president of the United States, like President Trump said, I don't take all that money because if you take all that money, they're going to make demands of you. 
You're going to have to compromise. You're going to have to do what they tell you to do. Who's on the phone with Robin Hood yesterday or today? Who was on the phone? Uh, the White House was. <laughs> As all of his cronies, $74 million went to Joseph Biden. Trump didn't get nearly that amount, and mainly from where? Hedge funds, securities, and investments. Just a little side note here. Billions reap, billionaires reap big bucks during coronavirus despair. Numbers and bragging rights from Washington Times. Numbers and pride among the winners. Jeff Bezos of Amazon, of Amazon, whose net worth Americans for Tax Fairness found, jumped from, during the coronavirus, $113 billion, barely scraping by at $113 billion, in March to more than $184 billion by December. Bill Gates of Microsoft turned vaccine pusher fame, whose wealth rose from $98 billion to $119 billion during the coronavirus, over the same, but again, Christians. All you Christians staying at home won't go to church wearing your mask, being lovers of your neighbor. Don't worry about that, though. Mark Zuckerberg, founder of Facebook, you know, that, that's, why, that's what this was all about, as they crush all the small businesses. Remember, of all the businesses that have closed from COVID, COVID-caving Christians, just so you know, those, these are the people you love so much. 60% of the businesses that have closed because of COVID are now closed for forever. Nice job, lovers of men. Oh my gosh, you're, you're just such a great lover of humanity, aren't you? Strap your mask back on, put it, put it over your eyes too, put it over your ears, put it over your entire body and go crawl into a corner and suck your thumb. And Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook founder, whose pockets grew uh, from almost 55 billion, but he was really a lightweight in comparison to everybody else, to nearly double that at 105 billion from March through December. But again, don't worry, it is all, 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 about your health, right? Here's an interesting thing. Let's talk about this story. Play Tucker for me. Unity meant oligarchy. Oh. Doug Mackey learned that the hard way this morning. Mackey is a 31-year-old conservative journalist from Florida. At 7 a.m., FBI agents showed up at Mackey's house. They threw him in handcuffs and they dragged him to a cell. He now faces 10 years in prison. His crime? He made fun of powerful Democrats on social media. As the federal criminal complaint puts it, quote, Mackey made coordinated use of social media to spread disinformation relevant to the impending 2016 presidential election. This disinformation, the Biden administration solemnly explained, quote, often took the form of memes. Yes, memes. Online mockery. <laughs> mockery online is now illegal when it's aimed at the wrong people. Doug Mackey hurt their feelings, so they put him in jail. According to Joe Biden's Justice Department, Doug Mackey violated 18 U.S. Code Section 241. He did this by tricking people, like the dastardly trickster that he is, into not voting in the presidential election. What's interesting... There you go. So Ricky, his uh, handle on Twitter is Ricky Vaughn, a pro-Trump meme maker and Twitter troll, was indicted Wednesday by the feds for using social media platform to spread election disinformation to Hillary Clinton voters in 2016. Ricky Vaughn, a.k.a. Douglas Mackey, used Twitter to post memes and troll Hillary Clinton during the 2016 presidential election. I never saw any memes or lies about President Trump ever. 31-year-old Mackey was arrested in West Palm Beach on one charge of conspiracy against rights, whatever on earth that means, and faces up to 10 years in prison. Again, I was a cop from 1992 to 2017. I never have ever been a part of or arrested anybody for conspiracy against rights. 
According, I'm going to tell you flat out as a precursor here, the FBI is becoming the law enforcement arm, the brown shirts of the Democratic Party. The, the FBI is the one who launched the Russia collusion investigation knowing full well, knowing full well that it was Hillary Clinton who started a rumor that even the Russians knew about, started a false rumor that Donald Trump was colluding with the Russians to take pressure off the investigation into her emails. That's an absolute fact because even John Brennan briefed President Obama, James Comey, and James Clapper to those facts. And they still launched an investigation against Donald Trump, lying in four FISA warrant applications, four of them. Well, right now, you know, they lost the Woods procedure paperwork that goes along with at least two of those right now. The Woods procedure paperwork is those things that actually, that verify the reasoning behind the warrants. That paperwork's gone somehow. Surprise, Christopher Ray, what an awesome, awesome director, corrupt director of the FBI. According to an unsealed indictment, Mackey conspired with others on Twitter to encourage black people to cast their votes via text message. Far-left activist and comedian Christina Wong posted the same fake voting meme on Twitter in 2016. But she targeted Trump supporters. Her tweet is still up on Twitter. Still there. Here's the video. Hey, everybody. This is Christina Wong. And uh, I'm coming out. I'm a Trump supporter. And I just want to remind all my fellow Chinese Americans for Trump, people of color for Trump, to vote. Vote for Trump on Wednesday, November 9th. Really important day. We're going to show this country who's boss. And that's our man, Donald Trump. So don't forget to vote Donald Trump on November 9th. Okay, how is she any less guilty than Douglas Mackey? How is she any less guilty? Explain that to me. And why the FBI not at her doorstep? All he did was put out, say, you know what, if you want to vote for him, text, you know, whatever, 1-800-HILLARY. Text that and vote for Hillary. What, what's the difference? Name the difference. There is none. And I guarantee you there are hundreds of these, the same exact sort of tweets from people like Christina Wong, who fraudulently says she's a Trump supporter, who gives a fraudulent date on when to vote, and yet where's the FBI at? They're at Douglas Mackey's house. These are scary freaking times. Scary times. I mean, it's the exact same thing that happened to Dinesh D'Souza during the Barack Obama reign. Dinesh D'Souza gave $20,000, didn't get $20,000, gave $20,000 to a campaign of a friend of his, from a college friend of his, gave it away, and he went to federal prison. Barack Obama, at least twice himself, violated campaign finance laws. And he went nowhere. This has got to end. Congressmen, senators, state senators, state congressmen, you have got to do something about this now. I'm doing my part. I'm putting the word out. I can't stand this fraudulent Law enforcement, I, I, the, what makes me madder than anything are COVID-caving clergy, CCC again, and jack-booted law enforcement officers, whether FBI or local. Can't stand any of that garbage. It's absolutely garbage. They did the same thing with Paul Manafort, 
George Papadopoulos, Roger Stone, all arrested. Democrats have done worse than any of these guys. Hillary Clinton deleted 30,000 subpoenaed emails. She had her own private server that had access to classified information and it was absolutely hacked, which is a felony. What happened? Nothing but Douglas Mackey who's a Facebook me or a Facebook and Twitter meme guy has the FBI show up at his house and arrest him. You need to be watching these things very, very, very closely. Shoot, man, I saw who once was one of my favorite law enforcement officers out there, Grady Judd. You need to look into the arrest that he recently made, which is complete garbage. He arrested one of his own deputies. His two, two deputies were having a text message conversation back and forth about the riot on the Capitol. And one of the deputies said to the other, I wish that they would have dragged the politicians out into the street and executed them, which of course is a horrible thing to say. We all agree. Hear me, Facebook? Horrible thing to say. Never should have been said. Got it. And said some other things along those lines, like if they ever come after me, this will happen. All texting back and forth with his friend. Now, if Grady Judd wants to fire him for saying those things, fine. But is that what happened? No, Grady Judd arrested him for a felony for saying those things. For Forget this now. Now, I happen to know exactly what this statute is because Grady Judd, Judd, Judd and I, I was law enforcement till 2017, 25 years. We're following the exact same Florida State statute book. So he arrested him for a written threat. In order to arrest somebody for a written threat, the person receiving the writing has to be the one threatened. And he even went to the state attorney and said, can I do this? And the state attorney goes, sure, because Grady Judd is trying to get on the right side of what happened at the Capitol. You're already on the right side. We all are. Anybody with their brains on the right side of what happened at the Capitol? It was wrong. We all got it. Arrest those who did the damage. Arrest those who broke the law. No problem whatsoever. If you want to fire that deputy for writing stupid things, he didn't make a threat to anybody specifically that he was writing to. He has a threat, kind of a vague, ambiguous threat that he wrote on a text message. But in order for it to violate the law, you had to have written it to the person specifically that you are threatening what's the matter with you cops what is the matter with you what happened why are you arresting people for not wearing masks why are you arresting people for not social distancing what is the matter with you well that could cost me my job you listen you might want to start reading the bible You really want to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? I don't want to lose my job. Stand up for what's right. Have a set of balls for once in your life. What's the matter with you? What's the matter with Grady Judd, a written threat? Come on, Grady. That's garbage and you know it. You want to fire him? He serves at the discretion of the sheriff. Fire him. Lunatic. Sorry for getting all fired up. Well, I'm really not sorry. I hope everybody's seeing what I'm talking about because that's the same jackbooted thug activity. And what I was going to say, the reason why that popped into my head, was that the local cops 
need to fight against this federal garbage. And I don't mean get into a, a gunfight with the FBI. I'm just talking about, you know what, you don't you refuse to enforce this garbage. You know, election, this election. I mean, come on. What's that charge again? Arrested upon a conspiracy against rights. What does that even mean? He put out memes. And speaking of the FBI, this is an Eric uh, Cretion's tweet. You put that up for me? There you go. Breaking recently declassified documents show that the FBI intentionally ignored exculpatory evidence, which means evidence that proves somebody is innocent, that undermined Trump-Russia collusion hoax. The FBI knowingly and willfully lied to the FISA court in order to spy on the Trump campaign. Play it for me. As promised, we're joined now by John Solomon. He is the founder and editor-in-chief at Just the News. Right now, number one trending story at justthenews.com is declassified the Russia informant transcript that the FBI did not want Americans to see. You can go to justthenews.com and check it out right now. John, if you could give our viewers a brief on what's in that story. Yep, this is uh, a informant's transcript. Stefan Halper, we've known him to be an yes. informant. We knew generally that he had interacted with Carter Page, the target of the Russian investigation, but we didn't really know what they talked about and what the FBI recorded on a surreptitious recording. He was wearing a wire, uh, Stefan Halper was. This is October 17th, 2016. Why is that important? It's four days before the FBI is going to go to the FISA court and say, yes. give us a permission to spy on the Trump campaign. Get that, give us that FISA warrant. Four days before, they want to test all the allegations that they've collected against uh, Carter Page. Remember, those came from our, uh, Christopher Steele, the MI6 agent. Yes. So they think this guy's credible. We're going to test it out. And they write in their memo, if Carter Page acknowledges this, we're going to keep the investigation going. If he knocks it down, we're going to stop the investigation, mm. move on to another target. So they run up against, they run the informant up against uh, Carter Page, and he denies all four of the things that Christopher Steele alleged. I didn't meet with those Russians. I didn't have a role in changing the platform. We didn't have anything to do with WikiLeaks dumping Hillary Clinton's emails, on and on. The FBI uh, informant goes back several times to try to test it. You sure now? And he tries to trick him into admitting stuff. Carter Page knocks it down cold. You'd think the FBI at that point would follow its rules and say, right. move on. We're definitely not going to ask for that FISA. You'd be wrong, though. They went to the FISA court, and they knowingly and willfully lied to the FISA court. They told them, we have good reason to believe Carter Page met with those Russians, did this on the WikiLeaks, did that uh, on the um, uh, platform, the Republican National Committee platform. They misled the court while this exculpatory evidence was kept hidden, not only from the court, not only from the Congress, but from the American public for four years. So, the, you know, FISA stands for Foreign Intel Surveillance Court. And what that's for is to get warrants to surveil, to spy on people, but that you have to have committed, you had to have been two things. You have to be a foreign agent, which by the way, does not make you guilty of any crime being a foreign agent. Foreign agent can be a lobbyist, can be Barbara Boxer currently is a foreign agent for a Russian company, a Russian, I mean, not a Russian, a Chinese surveillance company. Currently, you can be a lobbyist for a foreign company. You just have to fill out the proper, it sounds bad. Foreign agent sounds bad. I'm getting all this info from Dan Bongino. It sounds bad, but it's not actually bad. What you have to do though, in order to qualify for a FISA warrant to be issued on you, which means they can wiretap you and one hop rule you, which means they can go, they can one hop 
you from what from the actual call to another call to another call. So basically, they're surveilling everybody who ever calls you. Fact. That's why they were actually spying on the Trump campaign. They tried to hide it. No, we weren't really spying on the Trump campaign. We were spying on Carter, Carter Page. He is the Trump campaign because they can one-hop him from his phone calls to all of his other phone calls. So in order to get, so you have to be a foreign agent to qualify. One, there has to be two things. And, not or, and you have to be using that foreign agent status to be committing crimes against the United States. That's how you have to have that to get a FISA warrant. They went in and they lied. I hope you understood that story. They went in, what they did was they went, they sent in Stefan Halper, Halper to go talk to Carter Page. And they said before they sent him in, they sent him in wearing a wire, Halper wearing a wire. And they sent him in and he said, you know what? If Carter Page says that he's not involved in any of this stuff, then we're letting him off the hook and this thing's over. He did, he denied every last thing. And then the FBI went in and swore to the opposite. That's what happened. Not, they didn't swear that Carter Page, Page said that he did these things, but they went in and swore that Carter Page was involved in the things that he denied, which is exactly the opposite of what they said they were going to do. And they lied four times to the FISA. And they left out exculpatory material, which means this would have absolutely disproven him being a foreign agent working to commit crimes. They left all that out, which again is a crime. All of these are felonies, but they show up at Douglas Mackey's door on Wednesday, yesterday at six o'clock in the morning to arrest him for conspiracy against rights. That's our FBI. They're corrupt from head to toe. I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of Sean Hannity. I love him. I'm just sick and tired of hearing him say that the rank and file is good. That's the rank and file at his door this morning. They are corrupt. Rank and file, the FBI is garbage. They are the brown shirts of the Democratic Party. Absolute corruption. I mean, come on. And I'm going to be watching. I'm waiting to see. I want to see them 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. At Christina Wong's house. I won't hold my breath. All right, now, reunited. Me and Rand Paul. I know you've never heard of me, but in my own mind. We're reunited. And it feels so good. Reunited. I misunderstood. No, I didn't. But, you know, he, listen, he signed a fraudulent election, so I spent a couple days hating him and many others, but when they do good things, they do good things, and I have to say that this week, over the past seven days, Rand Paul has been in fuego. Play the first one for me. Paul, instead, I think we have some audio problems right there. Uh, Senator Paul, let me begin with a threshold question for you. Uh, This election was not stolen. Do you accept that fact? Well, what I would say is that the debate over whether or not there was fraud should occur. We never had any presentation in court where we actually looked at the evidence. Most of the cases were thrown out uh, for lack of standing, which is a procedural way of not actually hearing the question. There were several states in which the law was changed by the Secretary of State and not the state legislature. To me, those are clearly unconstitutional. And I think there's there's still a chance that those actually do finally work their way up to the Supreme Court. 
Courts traditionally and historically don't like to hear election questions. But yes, were there people who voted twice? Were there dead people who voted? Were there illegal aliens who voted? Yes, and we should get to the bottom of it. I'll give you an example. In my state, when we had a Democrat Secretary of State, she refused, even under federal order, to purge the rolls of illegal voters. We got a Republican Secretary of State, and he purged the rolls. But, Senator it Paul, does I make have a to, difference, I, and those things I, I do have, have to stop occur. you there. there no, no, no election is perfect, but there, there were 86 challenges filed by President Trump and his allies in court. All were dismissed. Every state certified the results after investigations, counts, and recounts. The De Department of Justice, led by William Barr, said there's no widespread evidence of fraud. Can't you just say the words, this yeah. election was well, not what stolen? What I would suggest is, what I would suggest is that if we want greater confidence in our elections, and 75% of Republicans agree with me, is that we do need to look at inte election integrity, and we do need to see if we can uh, restore confidence in the elections. Well, 75% of Republicans agree with you because they were fed a big lie by President Trump and his supporters who say the election was stolen. Why can't you say well, I think where President you make, Biden I think, won I think a legitimate you make fair a mistake election? In, uh, hey, George, 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 where you make a mistake is that people coming from the liberal side like you, you immediately say everything's a lie instead of saying there are two sides to everything. Historically, what would happen is if I said that I thought there was fraud, you would interview someone else who said there wasn't. But now you insert yourself in the middle and say the absolute well, fact is that everything I'm saying is a lie. Well, because, but I Senator, I said what the president said was a lie because to. he said, hold we're on a second. To. He said the election was stolen. This election was not stolen. This the results were certified in every you're single was, state you're saying, after counts you're saying, and recounts. You're saying that absolutely it was. You're saying there was no fraud and it's all been investigated. And that's just not true. So it's not what I said, sir. I said the Department of Justice found no, no evidence. Let, let me finish, finish my point. No, you say it's you all said lie. something that was you, not true. You say we're all liars. You're just simply saying we're all liars. And I said it was a lie that the election was stolen. Premise that you're right and we're wrong. Well, let, no. Well, let's let's talk about the specifics of it. In Wisconsin, tens of thousands of absentee votes had only the name on them and no address. Historically, those were thrown out. This time, they weren't. They made special accommodations because they said, oh, it's a pandemic, and people forgot what their address was. So they changed the law after the fact. That is wrong. That's unconstitutional. And I plan on spending the next two years going around state to state and fixing these problems. And I won't be cowed by liberals in the media who say, there's no evidence here, and you're a liar if you talk about election fraud. No, let's have an open debate. It's a free country. What's so funny is you bring it up to me. What's so funny is that the libtards like George uh, Stephanopoulos there and Joe Biden, led by Joe Biden, he's the one who started it, are espousing that Republicans are out telling the big lie, espousing the big lie. And they think that they're actually going against Nazi doctrine, that that's the stuff that Goebbels used to do. No, numb nuts. The ones who espoused that other people were telling a big lie was Hitler himself in Mein Kampf talking about the Jews, idiot. So when you're out there espousing that other people are telling the big lie, you are imitating Adolf Hitler yourself, moron. People absolutely ignorant of all history. It truly is amazing. All right, some more of my favorite uh, Rand Paul for the week. This is from Bongino. Play it for me. The Senate's about to begin. Rand Paul took the floor yesterday 
And this is about a minute and a half, but it's worth your time. Just set the Senate floor in fuego by exposing the left's complete, total hypocrisy and how they want standards for Donald Trump that don't apply to them on the floor. You need to listen to every minute of this. Check this out. This sham of an impeachment will ostensibly ask whether the president incited the reprehensible behavior and violence of January 6th when he said, I know everyone here will soon march to the Capitol to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Peacefully and patriotically, hardly words of violence. But what of Democrat words? What of Democrat incitement to violence? No Democrat will honestly ask whether Bernie Sanders incited the shooter that nearly killed Steve Scalise and volunteer coach. The shooter nearly pulled off a massacre. I was there because he fervently believed the false and inflammatory rhetoric spewed by Bernie and other Democrats, such as the Republican health care plan for the uninsured is that you die. As this avowed Bernie supporter shot Steve Scalise, nearly killing him, and shot one of our coaches and two or three of our staff, he screamed, this is for health care. Ask me or anyone if that's incitement. No Democrat will ask whether Cory Booker incited violence when he called for his supporters to get, get up in their face of Congress people, a very visual and specific incitement. No Democrat will ask whether Maxine Waters incited violence when she literally told her supporters, and I quote, that if you see a member of the Trump administration at a restaurant, at an apartment store, at a gas station, or any place, you create a crowd and you push back on them. Is that not incitement? All right, back to me. So there you go. The person who was a burning bro who shot up the Republican baseball practice of which Rand Paul was president, of which several coaches were shot and Steve Scalise was nearly killed with an AR-15, by the way. Shot, shot at either killed or injured by D.C. Metro Police or the Capitol Police, I don't remember which. Gunned him down with nine millimeters. God bless those heroes. So I love the cops when they do the right things. I don't like it when they're being used to do bad things. But the guy said, remember, this is after Bernie Sanders spends months, if not years, espousing that the Republican health care plan is that you die. And then while he's shooting everybody, he's yelling, quote, this is for health care. What did we hear about incitement for the burn? Feel the burn. What, what, do we ever hear Bernie Sanders charged for incitement? No, just like we're not going to hear about Christina Wong being arrested for conspiracy against somebody's rights. This is a corrupt country. Very, very corrupt. And not only that, but these idiots are also impeaching a president who's currently not the president and is playing golf. Who just opened up the office of the former president, which I love. If anybody doesn't think that's Donald Trump absolutely trolling the crap out of Joe Biden, you've lost your mind. Exactly what is the office of the former president. Love it. Love it. And I just, speaking of the impeachment, I want to get these names out here because these people, these Republicans, five out of 50, which slam dunks ends the possibility that Donald Trump will ever be impeached. They insisted in the impeachment trial should proceed. 
They are the following Republicans who should no longer be in office come their next primary. Mittens, Willard Romney from Utah, Ben Sass, Nebraska, Susan Collins, Maine, Lisa Murkowski, Alaska, and Pat Toomey, Pennsylvania. Primary them? I mean, come on, Utah. Could you be any more conservative than a Mormon state? You, you got to give us mittens? You got to give us Willard Romney? And come on, Nebraska, Ben Sass, you couldn't be more conservative. And you send us Ben Sass? Of course, you know what? Yeah, I have to admit, I sent you Marco. So, turnabout's fair play. I'm vowing I want Marco out for forever. Never needs to be a Republican again. Just, just like Liz Cheney, goodbye, get out, go be the Democrat that you truly want to be. But Ben Sass, gone. These all need to be primaried and gone. Period. All right, this is a Tulsi Gabbard tweet. The mob who stormed the Capitol to try to stop Congress from carrying out its constitutional responsibilities were behaving like domestic enemies of our country. But let, let us be clear. The John Brennan's former head of the CIA, Adam Schiff, current congressman from Northern California, are the oligarchs in big tech and the oligarchs in big tech, they are the true, the true enemies of our country. Play it for me. The mob that stormed the Capitol on January 6th to try to stop Congress from carrying out its constitutional responsibilities were behaving like domestic enemies of our country. But let's be clear. The John Brennans, Adam Schiff's, and the oligarchs in big tech who are trying to undermine our constitutionally protected rights and turn our country into a police state with KGB-style surveillance are also domestic enemies and much more powerful and therefore dangerous than the mob that stormed the Capitol. Now, John Brennan said... So I know looking forward that the members of the, the Biden team who have been nominated or have been appointed are now moving in laser-like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about what looks very similar to insurgency movements that we've seen overseas, mm -hmm. where they germinate in different parts of the country and they gain strength and it brings together an unholy alliance frequently of religious, ex religious extremists, authoritarians, fascists, bigots, uh, racists, nativists, uh, even libertarians. <laughs> now, President Biden, I call upon you and all members of Congress from both parties to denounce these efforts by the likes of Brennan and others to take away our civil liberties that are endowed to us by our creator and guaranteed in our constitution. If you don't stand up to these people now, then our country will be in great peril. And you're already seeing that. That's my whole point about what happened to the FBI. What's his name again? Is he Douglas Mackey? That's my problem with it. They, they are grouping us together. How many of you, I mean, Katie Kirk recently said, who wants to be the guest host of Jeopardy, maybe the permanent host of Jeopardy, taking Alex Trebek's place. She recently said that we need to be deprogrammed. And now you have the former head of the CIA saying, lumping libertarians in with racists and white supremacists. I mean, give me a break. Putting us all into those categories. I'm not going to probably get tonight to my reprogramming section of the program that I have planned. I'll do it on Saturday. But that's what she's speaking out against. He's, he's likening, because you had a few hundred Trump supporters intermingled with Antifa and BLM, 
riot on the Capitol, that now everybody is part of an insurgency movement? Not at all. People who talk as radically as I do, I repeatedly say, I want no violence against anybody ever. We can do this whole thing. We can bring about a a political revolution. That's what I'm looking for. And I won't get into what needs to happen with that tonight. But none of us are looking, and that's, but that's how they're, I mean, there are still over 5,000 troops in the Capitol, right? And it's still all walled in with barbed wire fence around the Capitol, around the White House. For what? What is the threat? Name it. Just like climate change. You said it's the number one threat to America is climate change. Where? I want to see it. What group? What person? What threat? I want to know. There's nothing. It's just same. It's all the same demonic garbage. It's all fear, the acronym of fear, false evidence appearing real. There is no evidence. COVID's going to kill you. 99.9% post-infection survival rate. It's 100% survival rate if you're under the age of 50. It's absolutely ridiculous. Climate change, number you know, number one threat to America. We've got to do all these things now. Re, you know, get back with the you know, Paris Climate Accords. Get back in with the WEF. Get back in with Klaus Schwab. Get back in with all these. Why? Where is it? What? Is, what's the threat? Super tornadoes, uh, super hurricanes, the, the flood. Where? Where? Same thing with COVID. Where? Where's the death? Where? It's what they do. That's how they are. Now you got Clapper up there lying, saying there's this grievous threat out there of white supremacists. Where? Where is it? You had the one capital thing. We will give you that. We have hundreds and hundreds. Where was Clapper with Antifa and BLM? We know where the Democrats stood on Antifa and BLM, right? We had Christopher Ray from the FBI call it a myth. Or what did he call it? I can't remember. That was because that was uh, Nadler called it a myth. What, that was an idea. Christopher Ray. No, that was Biden. Biden called it an idea. Christopher Ray, the FBI, didn't said that it didn't really exist. That's not his exact verbiage, but it didn't really exist. Where, but none of that. None of that didn't, and these were actual people, all dressed exactly the same, in the thousands, on our streets, for 170 straight days, and still going on now. Still going on now. And yet they're talking about one bad thing that happened over a few hours and all of them need to be arrested, charged, whatever. I'm fine with it. They were wrong. But all now, all basically all white men, all Trump supporters are now part of fringe militant groups. Lies, just like COVID. Lies, just like climate change. Change. Lies. What do you guys got for FBI Director Christopher Wray? Rejected. My guys just sent me uh, the article. FBI Director Christopher Wray rejects Antifa as biggest threat to U.S. Labels it as ideology, not an organization. That's funny, isn't it? I mean, they're all, I mean, what is an organization? They're all dressed the same. They call it Black Block. Facts. That's what they do. Got nothing to do with race. It's the black outfits that they have. They all dress the same, do the same stuff. They just destroyed the headquarters of the Democratic Party in Oregon. Love it. I mean, it's, I mean, it's truly amazing. I don't love that they're destroying anything. I just love that they, they exposed the hypocrisy because Joe Biden said that it was Trump that was causing Antifa to riot all summer long because of being a racist 
and spouting things that caused injustice. But yeah, but Trump's long gone, and Antifa's still rioting every day, everywhere in their usual locations. Seattle, Portland, same thing, New York City. They wear the same outfits, but yet here you have leaders putting thousands upon thousands of troops in the United States Capitol for the existential threat of white supremacist militant groups. Where? Where? You have one incident. We have thousands. You have one. Tell me the threat. But nobody asks. It's true. I mean, I know that I'm preaching to the choir. There's a couple, uh, two, 200, 250 people watching right now. I'm preaching to the choir right now. Well, where's the threat? Listen, don't hang your head. Don't get low about any of this stuff because we will rise out of this dust. Right, you got that uh, Alex Berenson tweet for me? Is that next? Do we ever get that or is that one of the ones that disappeared? <laughs> right after Tulsa Gabbard. Oh, there we go. Thank you. All right, meantime, if you looked what, what woke prosecutors did for murder in 2020, you're going to love what you see in 2021. Here we are so far. Democratic prosecutors in these cities, Chicago, murder rates up 43% this year. LA, it's up 136% this year. New York, 42% this year so far. Oakland, oh my word, 1,100%, 12 to 1 in comparison to last year. Philadelphia, 17%. Sweet Caroline. That's good work right there. That's really good work. And at least, let's see now, I know... George Gascon in Los Angeles, Larry Krasner in Philadelphia. Oh, it's Kim Fox in Chicago. Yeah, they're all, who, who got them in office, by the way? Who got them in office? Uh, they are all, all sponsored, paid for their campaign. A large portion of their campaign was paid for by George Soros. Absolute fact. Absolute fact. Speaking of cancel culture, you got to see this. Prager U video. This is of uh, of Katie Hopkins. There's really no other way to summarize it. There really is no way to even give you a preview of it. You just have to listen to it. Play it for me. But I think what's weird probably for an American audience is just how you know about cancel culture. You know about people losing their jobs. But I guess for me in the UK, things are more stark. You know, I, I feel very free still here in America. I I feel emotional at American airports because I... I love it here and I love what you have. Whereas in the UK, you know, I am now a target, certainly a physical target. I know you relate to that. Uh, certainly, I think it's become an acceptable view that a targeted attack on me physically would be welcomed and applauded. Um, you know, a couple of jihadis came to cut my head off. There was a plot to behead me in the UK that was foiled and those jihadis are now uh, in prison, but a team of men dressed in black came to my house um, late one evening and, and set my home up with panic alarms. I mean, it was quite exciting for a moment. Most of them were very muscular with very nice bottoms, and I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> but it turned out some jihadis wanted to chop my head off. And they told me that uh, should someone come into my home, they didn't give me the details, I should run to the top floor of my house, shake this panic box, you know, and the police would come. Um, that plot was foiled, they, they're in prison, as I say, but then the British government went one further um, and funded a play called The Assassination of Katie Hopkins. We can probably get those graphics up. But, um, you know, so I think when you you become, when you have a play written about you that's The Assassination of Katie Hopkins after there's been a jihadi plot to behead you and they take 
all of your jobs. They came from my home uh, with litigation put together by religious communities, Muslim council and others. Uh, so my family home had to be sold to get rid of the litigation against me. Uh, I now own nothing and have nothing. Um, and then they come for your children. So my children are reported to social services to try and have those removed from me. Um, so I think that, that the story, I suppose, in the UK, that is the darkness, is mm. that when they come, it's not something flippant that is cancel culture. It is taking you to the point where I truly believe they will only stop when they find that you will swing from a tree. Mm -hmm. And so my fundamental commitment, and, and it helps to have children, is not to let them win that. Right. And so I will not swing from a tree. Right. Um, and so that's cancel culture. You're getting a sense of it here in America. But the darkness is far darker. And you're seeing it right now. I mean, that's, that's what happened, you know, at the home of Douglas Mackey. I mean, canceled to the place, okay, he was on Twitter creating memes and was arrested for them. And, and from a campaign, I didn't even catch on to this. One of my guys back here, Will, I heard him say it right before we got started tonight. He goes, that was from four years ago? Yeah. Four years ago, he created a meme about Hillary Clinton, and he just got arrested today. Lo and behold, for four years, under a Republican administration that could have arrested numerous people, for the campaign violations that they did and for could have gone after and arrested Hillary Clinton herself. Didn't happen. So it's fair. It's principled. Didn't arrest him either. Didn't go arrest everybody in sight for the collusion hoax. Could have. Plenty of evidence. Could have. Didn't. But lo and behold, the minute after the Republican leaves office, they go and arrest a guy by the name of Douglas Mackey, Ricky Vaughn, a pro-Trump meme maker on Twitter. They arrest him. For violation of, it's hard for me to remember the laws that I've never heard of before, conspiracy against rights. And you hear Katie Hopkins. Katie Hopkins is a conservative, very outspoken conservative, very outspoken, uh, not white nationalist, nationalist for the UK. And you look at the life. And don't think that that can't happen to you. It just happened to Douglas Mackey. It happened to Dinesh D'Souza. It happened to George Papadopoulos. It happened to Paul, Paul Manafort. It happened to Carter Page. It happened to Roger Stone. Don't think it can't happen to you. And everybody who thinks, I'll just do what I'm told, and eventually it won't happen for me. I, I love it. I, I love the people that are for censorship right now. If you look like Morning Joe, you know, Joe Scarborough and Mika, whatever, Fitzpatrick or whatever her name is. They just think, you know what? We're, we're, we're all for banning. You know, we want to get Fox off the air. We want to get all the conservatives off the air, ban them. And they never think that it will come for them eventually. You are white. You are not a minority. You are a multimillionaire. You are an elitist. You don't think that the forces that you are currently supporting, which is the Wokotopians, they will not turn on white, rich, elitist Palm Beach or wherever Florida residents they are. You don't think they're going to turn on you? They will. And it is coming for you also. All right, Donald Trump Jr. tweet. Twitter censorship brigade or does it only go one way? Again, cancel culture asking for 75, 75 million friends. You know, Donald Trump's junior's dad, of course, Donald, Donald, Donald John Trump, the former president, president in my heart, he was kicked off of Twitter for doing nothing but questioning an election, which every Democrat has done in every election, uh, every election for president that a Republican has won. He gets kicked off. 
But yet, guess, guess who gets left on? Yeah, Ayatollah Khomeini. Let's look at what he says. Our stance against Israel is the same stance we have always taken. Israel is a malignant, cancerous tumor in the West Asian region that has to be removed and eradicated. It is possible, and it will happen. 731-91, great return march. That's not a threat. Does that violate? Even I would agree with taking that down. Mr. Free Speech. You leave that up and take down the president of the United States. That is just lops. It's not even, it's not even lopsided. It is absolutely one way cancel culture. One way, which is why we have to form our own parallel society. Our own, listen, the lips can come in. If we, if we have our own social media, they can come in. We're not going to censor them. But we need to have our own because we certainly can no longer survive on their sites. I don't know how many times I've been banned now. I lost track. Look at this. Put the next one up for me. <clears throat> there you have it. YouTube is removing some of the heavy dislikes for Biden who ran a no-show campaign that garnered over 81 million votes and is now entering office with one of the lowest approval ratings on record. Everything makes perfect sense now. Show the picture. There you go. Today at 3.11 p.m., he's 10,000 dislikes. Same thing, same press conference, same YouTube post. And then four hours later, look, it loses 7,000 dislikes. Did it gain any low and gained uh, 700, 700, I can't see the picture blocked by the camera, 700 likes. What a miracle. Oh, yeah, it's just, you know, they're not, you know, YouTube's not really in on it. Sadly, they are, but you know what's the saddest thing? Is these are actually great sites? I mean, gosh, I mean, I, I love using Facebook. I love using YouTube. They're just pushing people like me. I can't imagine what their business model is. All right, let's focus on AOC in closing tonight. Here we go. Dana Lesh tweet. I'll read what AOC put first. I am happy to work with Republicans on this issue. That's the Wall Street stuff where there's common ground. But you also had me, almost had me murdered. Yeah, she came. She was on the brink of death three weeks ago. So you can see this is this is uh, so you can sit this one out. Happy to work with almost any other GOP that aren't trying to get me killed. This was in response to Ted Cruz. <laughs> She's saying Ted Cruz tried to have her killed. It, in the meantime, if you want to help, you can resign. There you go. So there there we have a, the unity, the unity. We're all we're coming together right now. Look at what Dan uh, Lesh wrote on the top. Have you met Steve Scalise? <laughs> exactly. He's the one who's actually shot. AOC, you weren't even close to losing your lives ever. Not even close. You know it's true. I know it's true. And you're paralleling yourself with what Marines and Ramadi? You're, you're, you're to that level? You, somebody almost had you killed? Where? Give me the evidence of it. Show me the video. How you were almost killed. That's what I want to see. Or is it just is it just hyperbole? All right, Jack Posobiec tweet. Remember when Antifa firebombed an ICE center after Alexandria Ocasio Cortez lied about DHS running concentration camps? That's exactly what happened. They firebombed an ICE center after AOC lied, boldface lied, and said that the southern border was running concentration camps. 
Oh, and the cages that Joe Biden built? And they firebombed. Is that not incitement? Why was that ignored? And I just want to say this. I, I, and I think that the Republicans will actually rise to this right now because they're fed up. The right ones, anyway. Every single time that there's any violence related to what a Democrat says, they need to be impeached. They need to be censored. They need to be censured. They need to be punished for that. They need to be held accountable. As they certainly are doing it to the Republicans. And it is time to take the gloves off. It's a bare knuckle brawl. For too long, Republicans have gone in to, to the fight, which was supposed to be a boxing match. But the Democrats long since have taken the gloves off and the Republicans leave the gloves on because they don't want to attack the integrity of the match. There is no integrity. This sums up the Democrats. Put that up there for me. I edited this for everybody. You're welcome. When rioters did this, Democrats did this. So so spare me your poop. There you go. I edited that for everybody. That, That pretty much sums it all up. It really does. You know, put on this. This will sum it up even more. Put on just the uh, the MF or video from Rashida Tlaib. There you go. This will sum it up. People love you, and you win. Woo. And when your son looks at you and says, "Mama, look, you won." Bullies don't win. And no. I said, "Baby, they don't," because we're gonna go in there. We're gonna impeach the motherfucker. There you go. There's your Democratic Party 2021 right there. She actually said too publicly recently. I have the article here that uh, suggests that if President Trump wasn't white, he would be convicted by the Senate. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the world that we live in. It is time for us, in the political sense, to take the gloves off and start winning again. We won. COVID came. The only reason why Donald Trump is not president right now is because of COVID being ushered in. Not COVID itself, the response to COVID. COVID itself has done nothing. It really has done nothing. Yes, people have died. The government had one job when it comes to COVID. Secure the nursing homes. They didn't They didn't do that. Lots and lots of people. I didn't get to the Cuomo section tonight. Just a quick one on that. From Red State, New York AG, Attorney General, which is Letitia James, by the way. Yeah, they'll come home for you too, Andrew. Drops a report on Andrew Cuomo showing nursing home deaths may be 50% higher than he claimed. <laughs> Whoops, whoops, and that would raise it from 8,000 to over 13,000. Yeah, whoops, and it's way more than that, by the way. So it's just time. Take the gloves off in the political sense. The COVID thing came in. All the Christians caved. It's time for you to stop caving. I hope you repent. I really do. You're like, Tom, I'm not going to repent because you're mean and you say mean things. That's not going to save you. I hope you repent. I hope you get things right. I hope you start to stand up to these totalitarians. If you don't, your life is going to swirl down the toilet. But I believe, I really do believe that there are great, great days ahead. I really do. For America, I really do. And I'll tell you what gives me hope is those Reddit guys. Maybe there's a young generation that sees through the Bidens. Maybe they're even sort of pseudo-Dems right now, but maybe they're seeing through it that really the party of the working class is not the Democrats. How can it be the Democrats when Biden got $74 million from the hedge funds on Wall Street? From $74 million from the investors and the hedge funds. 
on Wall Street, and Trump didn't. How is it that Trump gained in Latino and black votes? Latino votes, the people he's allegedly closing out from our society, from not allowing them to illegally immigrate. I'm telling you, something, there's good days ahead. I believe there's possibly a young generation. The Christians that have caved, I've told my church this, strap on their masks. Just giving in to everything Anthony Fauci has to say, who's now advocating double masks for everybody. Fact. You caved. I don't know what to say about you. I hope you come back around. It's hard to see that you ever will because I think your pride's getting in the way of your repentance. But there is a generation coming up behind that I actually think sees through the hypocrisy of the, of the Democratic Party. I really do. I think there is. And that will be the generation that the modern church wins in Jesus' name. I do. Listen, for all of you that are watching, I love you. I'll be back here Saturday night at 8.30. Make sure you don't miss. God bless you. 